Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I am that dude, Bodkins. Patty da Patty. That's ridiculous. No way. There's nobody else out there. He's your guy. Give a big round of applause for the one and only Bodkins show. I'm going to repeat that again, folks. I didn't stutter. Welcome to the Bodkins show. Good evening, everybody. I am that dude, Bodkins. Uh, welcome to another great episode of the Bodkins Show. Um, if you missed this morning's weekly wrap up, please check that out. Put that out this morning. Uh, you know, that's just to uh, catch up all things in sports, talk a little college football, a little baseball, uh, a little of the NFL news. But we save most of our big NFL news for, well, Tonight, as you guys know what it is, it's our Wednesday night uh, preview show where we break down every game, pick every game against the spread. Um, also, in the back end, Kenny and Craig always giving out that good fantasy advice. I mean, it's almost great fantasy advice at this point, uh, depending on who, who you're who you're following, whether it's Kenny or Craig, but it's, it's almost great. Uh, you know, we're a good show. Almost great show. Uh, so, again, a... Uh, tune in. Thanks for everybody for tuning in. You guys know what it is tonight. I am joined by Miss other than Mister Smoking Amigo himself, uh, Kenneth Miller. What's Kenny, up, what's man? up, big man? Not hey, much, how's it going, brother. Not much. Here we are. It is week seven. We're about halfway through. Tendencies are starting to pull through. I feel like we should know still who is who, but I mean, it seems like half the league is three and three. And there's about uh, three really good teams. Outside of that is uh, a hope and a prayer. Now the NFL wanted parity, and that's what they got, right? I mean, everybody's kind of even. You don't know who anybody is week in, week out. Between teams being banged up and just every team's got about three different versions of themselves, and you're not sure who's sure which one's going to show up each week. So it's it's kind of difficult to make make picks, but it makes for good football on Sundays, man. It makes for a lot of close games. Um, I think. I forget what it is, but I think uh, 80%, 85% of the games have been within seven points, I think, for the season. Some crazy stat like that. So the NFL is definitely getting exactly what they want. They're getting games that are close, so the fans will watch them. And uh, Vegas is getting what they want, too, because a lot of them spreads at three and a half and four and a half and stuff like that, man. They make a lot of money on that. Yeah, uh, it's, it is, it's hard, you know, and that's why one week you're going uh, three and 11 and the next week you're, you know, going 10 and two, uh, you know, so it's just a flip of the coin every week. Uh, and just really depends a lot on the matchups. I know scoring is down uh, and it seems like games are going quicker, though, because scoring is down. A lot of teams are running the ball, it feels like. Uh, what do you make of that just before we start getting into these, uh, you know, breaking down, just scoring, just being almost like 10 points less that I, I read or heard or something like that this year? Well, I was thinking about that actually this morning, um, listening to Fantasy on uh, Sirius XM or whatever. And I was thinking, man, this time last year we had had a, two teams, three teams already hit 190. We might have had somebody get close to 200, you know. I mean, this year we're struggling for teams to get 150. You know, scoring is kind of down everywhere. I think you're kind of seeing, you're kind of seeing not necessarily the the move back to the old school, but you're seeing where where everybody wanted to air it out for a while, no matter who the quarterback was. You're seeing teams realize we may not have the guy to do that. Let's build a system where maybe we can win. 
and you're seeing teams like the Falcons knock off the Bucks. You're seeing teams like the Steelers squeak out wins because they're just like, hey, we're going to play old school football, and it's working for a lot of teams. You know, Stefanski's been doing that in Cleveland. He's been doing it very well uh, with Chubb and Hunt, and you're kind of seeing more teams just say, who cares about – not necessarily the offense doesn't sell tickets, but winning games sells tickets more than anything. And you're kind of seeing them be okay just running the ball and playing decent defense and trying to get after the quarterback a little bit and make some things happen. Yeah, I contributed to two things. Uh, number one, I think offenses have now adjusted back to the defense, right? Like uh, that middle linebacker used to be a big guy that was going to tackle. Now they then due to the spread out offense, well, sh we need somebody that can cover here, cover these running backs, maybe receivers, that all this spread. So now it's we're, we're going, you know, five DBs, almost taking out the linebacker, less linebackers. So what are you going to do? Okay, well, you want to put this skinny guy out here. We're just going to pound it in him and pound the rock. I, I, I attribute to that a little bit. I also attribute to just the lack of, you know, teams starting later, uh, you know, not getting the, the reps anymore that they used to get as far as, you know, preseason, uh, training camps, you know, everything's limited right nowadays. Like they're not putting pads on as, you know, day one and doing two a days and, and this and that. I, and, you know, for health reasons, right, and we know why, uh, and that's, you know, it needs to be done, but it's also causing teams not to be in rhythm right away. It's causing teams to almost be this first month of the season where, you know, it's almost your preseason type games because we weren't playing starters. You know, a lot of times you look at the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers didn't take one snap in preseason. Maybe looking at hindsight, probably should have been playing out there. You know, we know he's getting that with the, you know, the reps and practice, but needs game time reps with these young guys. Maybe probably should have played. So I contribute to some of that uh, both, right? Defense is changing. Offense is going back, changing back. You know, it's a, a evolution of the league. Uh, just continue to uh, change, you know, check, check. We're playing chess here. And then, the combination of these guys aren't getting the reps that they used to get all the time. And, you know, due to less preseason games and less reps at practice due to the new uh, rules and regulations. Well, running backs are dime a dozen, right? hundred percent. We say it all the year, all the time. Fran franchise quarterbacks aren't. So not every team can go out and sling it 45, 50, 50 times a game and feel good about it. Teams are eventually going to have to just run the ball because you're going to be able to get more guys that are good at running the ball. Another thing you brought up, too, as far as the way the defense is built now, a lot of defensive lines is built to get after the quarterback with a big secondary. And if all you're doing is kind of getting to the quarterback and you don't have those guys up there that, that can really stop the run, running backs are getting huge. You know, not everybody is the Saquon Barkley's at the 5'10 level. A lot of them dudes are 6'1", six 6'2 six now, weighing 220 to 240, and that's the norm. That's kind of becoming the norm. You know, I feel bad for anybody that's got to step in front of Kenneth Walker and try to stop that big son of a gun every Sunday 21 times in a game, you know. And so when you do that, I mean, it's going to open that up. As you've seen Derrick Henry eat on it, you know. I mean, Vrabel will go to him 30 times a game. He doesn't care what the score says because at some point, he's you're not going to be able to stop him anymore. Eventually, he's going to break one, right, for 20 or yeah. so? No, and you see, I mean, it's like you said, <laughs> linebackers are getting smaller. Well, Corners ain't getting no bigger either, you know. It's not the Legion of Boom style anymore. It's you got to keep up with the track stars. And so you're going to – and not everybody's Derrick Henry, just like not everybody's Pat Mahomes. You know, not every team's going to be able to turn around and give it to one dude 30 times. Uh, but the teams that are able to do that are going to do it. The teams that are able to throw the ball 40 times and feel good about it are going to do that. Everybody else is going to try to compete and scrape together whatever they can to try to stay in the hunt. All right, let's go ahead and we'll get into uh, – let's start getting into week seven here. 
Uh, I mean, we're almost, it's crazy to think we're about two weeks, you know, and we'll be halfway done with the season. Uh, let's get into week seven. How the picks end up finished last week, and then we'll get into the spreads here. So last week ended up, uh, you ended up losing the last two, going 10 and four, still your best week. Um, and then Craig went five and nine. Uh, I ended up going eight and six. Tony came up big for our guest, ended up with the first week over 500, went eight and six. Uh, so he's our new guest picker top week. That's right. To What's up? No, he ended up on I Eagles Island and Craig was on Broncos Island. And that kind of did him in, dude. Got Craig back. To five and nine, Craig had his worst week. Hey, we've all had, we've all been there. Uh, yeah, Tony of uh, Philly Sports Raps, Philly continues to win, so he's just feeding off that Eagles and feeding off the uh, the Phillies, right? So, uh, he, hey, they got something in the water there in Philadelphia. I need to go and start drinking some of that. Now the water's nasty. I've been there. <laughs> Speaking of nasty, uh, this Thursday night game maybe it should be a little bit better than the last two Thursday night games. Uh, Cardinals getting D-Hop back. Uh, they make the trade for Robbie Anderson for what that's worth. Saints still banged up. Not too sure if it's going to be Jameis uh, or Andy Dalton. I haven't heard. I do know Olave's out or Olave's playing, but no Mike Thomas. Uh, no a uh, couple other inactives there for the Saints. Saints continue to be hurt. Uh, looks like Cardinals here, the favorite at minus two. It's a pick em game, Kenny. Uh, who you like in this one? Man, this is a hard game to pick, too. I mean, how in the world do you not pick Arizona, but how in the world do you pick Arizona? You got to think as far as Thursday night games goes. We got to get a touchdown this week, right? We went two straight weeks without a touchdown, boys. We got to get a touchdown this week with the Cardinals and Saints out there. Saints have at least been scoring points. Um, which oddly enough is something the Cardinals kind of struggle to do. Uh, getting D-Hop back is going to be good, but they kind of lost about everybody else, didn't they? I know Rob, they got Robbie, but he's going to be in a limited, limited packages, uh, Kingsbury said. So, man, I wish that the spread – I think the game opened at two and a half. I was kind of hoping for a three and a half, which I knew was never going to happen because uh, I would have felt good picking the Saints then. I think I'm going to – Change my mind here on the spot. I was going to pick Arizona, but I think I'm going to go ahead and take Saints plus two. So I was trying to find some of the uh, inactives here, and I was just kind of reading uh, Cardinals on an eight-game losing streak at home. Uh, eight-game losing streak for, for Arizona. So that's already uh, – I mean, I didn't, who would have thought that? I thought they played halfway decent at home. But, man – uh, I don't know. Again, you like you said, this is a tough game to pick. Um, oh, here we go. Injury report. So Marshawn Lattimore's out. Uh, Troutman's out. Uh, Paulson Adebo is questionable. So they got. I mean, the Saints can remain. Uh, you know, banged up here. They've still been scoring points banged up though. That's why I don't mind picking yeah. them to cover. Just. I mean, Michael Thomas is out again. Okay, well, they've been scoring, you know, 25 points a game with them out. So, Olave is the only one that bothers me a little bit. I know he's still a little banged up, but I know he's supposed to be back. So, yeah, no Marquise Brown, no Hollywood Brown for Arizona. But I mean, they do get, they do get, uh, we talked D Hop coming back in his first game after the six game suspension. Man, I, I don't know on this one. Uh, James Conner questionable here. Daryl Williams is out for the Cardinals as well. Rodney Hudson, their center's out. This is tough, man. Uh, 
But let me ask you this before I pick make my pick and why you if you're the Saints, are you go do you go back? Jameis Winston was kind of a healthy, not really scratch, but was you know the back healthy backup. Do you go back to Jameis or do you stick with Andy Dalton? Because I think Andy, I I'm on record kind of saying I like Andy here uh, going forward with the Saints. Oh, I think they just kind of have to decide. Do they want to go with the high floor or a high ceiling? Um, I think that's kind of the difference between the two. Jameis might throw for 500 yards, might throw for five interceptions, might throw for five touchdowns. So I think Dalton's going to protect the ball a little more. They've definitely committed to the run with, with Dalton in. I know, even the big game that Taysom Hill had, Kamara still carried the ball 21 times in that game. Um, so th- if they're going to go with Andy Dalton, they kind of have the recipe to do it. Um, I don't. I think I would maybe go with Jameis coming back, only because I think that Andy Dalton is the type of vet that if he went with Jameis for two games and Jameis looked like looked bad, if he went back to Andy Dalton, I think he would be able to handle that mentally just fine. Where if you hang on and wait till Andy Dalton, I mean, how do you even call it messing up? Like, what are the expectations for the Saints really at this point? So I don't know if you if you don't go to Jameis now, I don't know if you ever go back to Jameis. And so I think maybe go back to Jameis now and just kind of see what you got, see what he's got. You kind of know what you got, kind of see what he's got and what kind of if he can hit a hot streak. Um, and if not, you can always go to old reliable Andy Dalton back there. I mean, he's you know what you're going to get out of him 185 and a touchdown and a pick and. You can run the ball a bunch, and the defense can hold him down. You might be able to win that game. Yeah, uh, James. James gives you a little more upside. I like he does, but I like the floor of Andy Dalton. Just you know, he's not going to lose you a whole lot of games. The Saints uh, haven't really played like a team that can have a, a high floor, low ceiling quarterback and win, though. That's the only thing. Yeah, I mean they've been banged up the whole time. Dalton's been playing. Uh, no Jarvis Landry as well. Both sides uh, I knew of the defense been banged up too. I mean they they can't keep nobody healthy right now. It's a now or never for this Cardinal team. It's the the it's got to get start getting Don't real hot. Say that every week. <laughs> it's it's getting hot in the kitchen here for Kingsbury. He did come out and say, "Hey, if I think I'll quit calling plays if I think it's going to help this team win, I think D Hop coming back is going to be a huge uh, lift for this team. They look so much better. This team's a they're like a night and day team. I've never quite seen it with one player's in the lineup compared to when he's out of the lineup." I mean, and that's Kyler Murray. He's a night and day quarterback when D Hop is in and when he's out. Give me the Cardinals. I'm hammering home the Cardinals at minus two and the pick them here. Uh, it, it, that's just because D Hop's back. That that's the Cor- right pick. And honestly, that's what I came in here doing. Like I said, I changed my mind on the spot just because I the last three weeks I've said I I'm not going to pick Arizona. Go prove it to me before I can, boys. That's kind of what I got. And if you're going to prove it to me, do it on a week where you get D Hop back. Uh, so if you can't do it this week, you'll never do it. But you're going to have to do it before I can pick you. It's kind of just where we're at. Yeah, let's get into the the next one here. We got uh, Atlanta, surprisingly, 3-3 three and three Atlanta. Uh, going to the Bengals. The Bengals are a pretty heavy favorite here at minus 6.5. Bengals are also 3-3. Three and three. Seem to like they're kind of getting it figured out. Start off slow. I feel like every Bengals game, they start off slow. And then the third or fourth quarter, it's when they they hit the big play to Chase or Higgins, and then they get going. Uh, who do you like in this one? Bengals Falcons. Um, man, you're you're spot on about the Bengals. I mean, that's just it's almost like the Derrick Henry show as far as they're just going to trust that you can't stop Jamar Chase 100 percent of the time for four quarters, and he really only needs to catch four balls to make a huge difference in a game, and. 
and Burrow looks at him first every single time. And so it kind of just seems like that's their recipe is at some point Chase is going to get loose. Um, I'm going to take the Falcons to cover for sure. Yeah, hey, hey, Craig ain't wrong. Like I said, Cardinals is the right pick. I just – I'm not going to pick them yet. Um, but I'm going to take the Falcons to cover at, at plus six and a half. I kind of like that big spread. Um, I do worry a little bit at some point. The Bengals almost like – not necessarily the same both the Cardinals, but at some point, like, the Bengals are going to get it rolling. And if you're going to do it, like, hey, the Falcons is the week you can. But the Falcons have also shown that they're a gritty team. And if you make a few mistakes – like they do got the recipe to run the ball, and and if Mariota like kind of has the week against like he did against the Bucks, not necessarily the the rushing touchdowns and everything, but just managing the game, they're definitely going to cover that six and a half, I think. But I would take the Bengals money line, I think, every time. Yeah, uh, Craig is he's got the uh, so he did say Cardinals minus two as well, and he's he is on the Falcons. Falcons remain they're six and zero against the spread. Knock it home for me, 7-0 against the spread. I got the Bengals money line, you know, Bodkins, Burrow, Bengals. But uh, on this one, I like the Bengals or Falcons at minus six and a half. I, I'm, I don't understand. Why do you think that spread is minus six and a half? Because Atlanta is just, they're like, hey, if, I mean, they're just like, ah, they're 6-0. We're just going to make the spread so Atlanta can be at least 7-0 against the spread. I mean, like, is that what the Vegas is? Thinking? I don't understand the spread. I figured it would be, to me, a more – reasonable spread to me is like five and a half i know that's only a point but you know at minimum three and a half but max five and a half six and a half is just too much i think it is too i mean that's kind of why i'm i'm always on the falcons train is just because for some reason they just keep disrespecting them in the form of big spreads and i don't understand i mean two weeks in a row i think they had 10 point spreads against them. like of course they're six and oh like when's the last time the falcons didn't cover a 10 point spread i think as bad as they've been you got to go back a while Last year, they were a spread covering son of a gun, and they can't win a game. I mean, they did last week, you know, but even last year, they couldn't win a game, but they cover a lot of spreads. I don't understand. I don't think the Bengals have done enough to really go out there. Six and a half, that's a dominating spread, and I just don't think the Bengals have really shown that they go out there and dominate anybody. I don't think the Falcons have shown you can be dominated. Yeah, you're right on the money. The Bengals, we just said it. Like, every game is close because it's like they don't play till the fourth quarter. And the Falcons, they're not a team that you can really do that with. I mean, they give up big leads too, but them boys are playing behind Arthur Smith. They believe in that system, what they're doing. They're not going to throw the ball a whole lot. It's going to be a lot of running. Uh, whether it's it, man. You know, that whether it's, goes a long way, dude. Whether it's Mariota running the football or Algier or somebody else uh, running the ball. But I'm with you. We're all on the Falcons at uh, plus six and a half. Uh, we get into the Detroit coming off the bye week, hopefully finding some sort of defense. Uh, it was reported today Dak is back, should be playing against the Lions here. Cowboys, your Cowboys are favorites at minus seven. Uh, you like the Cowboys or you like the Lions here to cover? Um, I don't know. I don't think the Cowboys can cover minus seven, to be honest with you. I think the – I know the Lions um, got shut out by the Pats, which kind of blew us all away based on they were a team that you just always picked to cover. They always got a big spread, and they always found a way to cover it, uh, and they didn't there. But I do think that they're a team that can score points uh, coming off a bye. Hopefully everybody got a little more healthy. Um, I just think that the Lions can score, and I know that the Cowboys obviously have good defense. So people ask for a long time, week after week, is the Cowboys' defense legit? I think they've shown they absolutely are. Um, but I just think that the seven's a lot, and I, 
even with Dak coming back, you got to think maybe a little bit of rust there, right? You know, he hasn't played for for four weeks, five weeks, whatever it's been. So um, I'm going to take the Lions to cover this week. If this game was next week, maybe I would take, after I got to see Dak come back, maybe I'd take the Cowboys to cover uh, because of that defense. But I got to see if the Cowboys can score points first uh, before I can take them to cover a spread like seven. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. The Cowboys with Dak in week one didn't look great, and they haven't really looked great offensively, even with Cooper Rush in there. Uh, I mean, it's been low-scoring games. It's when they get behind two scores, right? Like, you look at the, the their two losses. I mean, the loss against the Eagles. They just got down too much, too big, too fast. They're not a team that can uh, score, at least not with Cooper Rush. Maybe with Dak, it would be a little different. But the Lions, we know one thing the Lions can do is score. They can't stop nobody. But they can score, and they'll find at my if this was three, I'd probably give the Cowboys. Uh, but at minus seven, I, I gotta. I'm I'm with you. I think I like the Cowboys money line, but give me uh, Lions plus seven. We're all on the Lions. Craig likes the Lions. I like the Lions. So that means the Cowboys are probably going to cover here. But uh, give us all the Cow our Lions plus seven, baby, hammering at home. Yeah, Cowboys by ten. <laughs> and this will be the game that uh you know the lions just point score zero points again just like they did against uh new england a couple weeks ago i just think that coming off a bye you got to think coming off a bye you can cover seven right you've been sitting there watching film for two weeks of the cowboys defense yes it's good but you got to think you found a way to cover seven on that right i just hope their defense can stop somebody like that yeah st brown should be full go uh, you know, they're, I didn't see they, Swift. I know he's banged up too. Yeah, yeah. Let me look uh, real quick. I, I'm not too sure on Swift. I hadn't heard on Swift. I know Brown, St. Brown. They said he's a hundred percent go. Um, I was looking on. It'll be interesting to see what Dak looks like coming back, and if they stick to the kind of the same formula they had of running the ball um, as much as they could with, with Cooper Rush in, it worked. You know, and if you use that same recipe and you bring in a quarterback who's a hell of a lot better at throwing the ball like Dak, you got to think that's going to open up some of those big plays as long as you stay committed to the run. And we know it's not exactly Mike McCarthy's strong suit of staying committed to the run. So it looks like DeAndre Swift is questionable. So that's what I thought. I knew he still was. They were kind of talking about on the radio before I came in. Yeah, DJ Chark questionable as well. So uh, probably, you know, I'd say Swift may be a game time decision. Williams is all right back there anyway. So yeah, um, but the Cowboys defense is good. I think they're going to give Goff some problems, but I still like the Cowboy. I like the Lions plus seven. Let's get into uh, Colts. Uh, I mean, again, another three and three. What are they? Three, two, three, two, and one here. Uh, got a chance to kind of get back in first place, or, or the Titans can really. They're, it's weird that these two teams are playing so early in the season for division rivals. Like they just played a couple weeks ago, and now here we are in week seven. And you know the Titans can really put a two-game stomp on on this division if they can come here and, and uh, take care of the Colts as the Titans are the favorite here at minus two and a half. Isn't it weird? The it's week seven and the Colts are going to be done with the Titans and the Jags. It is. That's what, yeah. Yeah. Like, who are they playing the second half of the season? First half of the season, they've already played them both twice. I don't, I got to see when they play the Texans again, but I just think it's a wild, wild schedule. Usually, you face most of your division rivals the back half of the season, right? You get them once early in the season, maybe. 
Uh, and then you face most of it the second half of the season, especially like the last three weeks. Here the Wouldn't Colts are wrapping like up their whole division. Too? I mean, if you're the league, you would want it like that. If you're a team, you would want it. If we're banged up in week two, we're damn sure still banged up in week five. I don't want to play you right away. Like, let me get you again week 11 once we got kind of got everybody healthy and we got a chance to kind of get back to who we are. Yeah. So they don't – it's weird. <laughs> so they played Houston week one. They don't play them again until week 18. But by week seven, they're already done with the, the Titans and the Jags. What a wild schedule. Anyway, so a game. Um, I just don't think that that I can pick the Colts to look okay two games in a row, right? I mean, they haven't really shown they can do that. I'm not 100% sure the Titans have either. Um, I I think the hardest thing to really break down right now when you kind of look at them, it's like, what's the identity of either of those teams? You know, we know what, what it's kind of supposed to be and what we kind of thought it was going to be, but it doesn't really seem to be that way for either one of them. You know, Derrick Henry, he had a, that one good game, but I don't really think that he's really, really kind of who we expected him to kind of be back to be who he was last year before he ended up getting hurt. Um, we kind of thought that's who he was going to be all year. Jonathan Taylor obviously isn't Jonathan Taylor. The Colts run game isn't what it was. Um, it's going to be interesting to see which one of these teams can kind of balance themselves out. These are the two teams we've kind of picked to to go one and two in the division, whatever order you had them in uh, preseason. We obviously know where you were at uh, on the Colts. I wish the spread was a little bigger. I'm going to take the Titans to cover minus two and a half, and I don't know. You know you know what? I changed my mind. I'm going to take JT coming back because I need him for my fantasy team too, so I'm going to just stay, try to stay right with the football gods. I'm going to take the Colts to cover plus two and a half. Yeah, uh, you mentioned it. Jonathan Taylor, questionable. Uh was limited at practice today. Shaquille Leonard, questionable. So hopefully Naheem Himes, questionable. So hopefully they are going to get healthy. Um, they said basically the- Jonathan Taylor's going to be full go. Said he was said he was limited, but that's basically out of precaution, not necessarily like he's still banged up. They kind of said he's good to go. Yeah, and it's and I mean that's it's Wednesday. So if you're questionable on Wednesday, good chance you're playing on Sunday. Uh, no. Huge injuries here for the uh, the Titans. Um, man, again, both these teams, like you said, they've both just kind of like been like – it's like one good game, one bad game. Uh, Colts, I mean, they just flung the ball all over last week. Uh, kind of was like, hey, no JT, no problem. And we know that's not really what they want to do. I, I – Frank Wright looks like a freaking idiot half the time. Like, he doesn't know what he's doing. I, I trust Vrabel more than I do uh, than, than I do Frank Wright. That's for sure. Uh, Titans are coming off a bye week. So, we met, you talked about the Titans. That I mean, the Titans have looked good. They've won three in a row. Uh, they beat the Raiders, Indy, and then the Commanders. That Commanders game we know was close. Uh, but, I mean, they're averaging right around 24 points a game. More importantly, the last two games, they they haven't allowed more than 17, you know. So, uh, I mean, Derrick Henry in the last two games rushed for over 100 yards. So there's so there's that. But against the Colts, and that one of those games was against the Colts in 114. Uh, I think with Shaquille Leonard coming back, if he can be healthy, that'll eliminate some of that. But, man, I, I'm, I'm picking the Titans – I, I don't feel great about it. Uh, I was trying to see – go back up here to my – what Craig had uh, – Craig picked Titans. Craig picked the Titans too? Okay. So, 
Yeah, I'm I'm picking the Titans. You're going to be on Colt Island. Uh, I'm, I don't the feel Colts great. Look better. The Colts got shut up by the Jags the first time and then beat them the second time. So I'm just going to hope that they can look better against Titans the second time they did the first time. Well, they got their asses spanked by the by the Titans the first time. I mean, so did they did by Jacksonville. Yeah. But was that credit to Jacksonville or credit to the Colts? Because the Jacksonville – Who knows? Who are they? <laughs> who are they? Who are they? Who are they? Yeah, exactly. Who knows? Like, I know who the Titans are. They've looked good the last three games. They're going to give the ball to Derrick Henry. We know their game plan. The Titans, at least, they have that recipe, and they know it works because they've used it for the last two years, and they've made big runs with it. The last three years, right? right? Yeah. And that's a team – I guess it has been three years. So that's a team that can do it, though. Some of these other teams are trying that recipe sometimes, and they don't necessarily have the personnel. You know the Titans can, and they will do that, and it works. Yeah, so I'm sticking with what I do know, and I know the Titans are running the uh, – make it four in a row for the Titans here, baby, at uh, minus two and a half. Give me the Titans. If Michael Pittman gets 12 targets again, I'm going to look very good over here on Colts Island. <laughs> Hey, Alec Pierce has been a nice uh, ad addition there. Yeah, me and Craig uh, was battling for him there that week on waivers, man. I was pretty upset he beat me to him. Let's get into uh, my Packers here. Minus five. Uh, looks like it's Tyler Heineke time here for the Commanders. Uh, they got a bunch of off-season, you know, off-the-field problems with the owner, the Commanders do. But on the field, it hasn't looked much better either. And it's Tyler Heineke time. Who you like here? My Packers, they desperately need a win here. This has got to be a get-right game, but can it be a get-right game that they cover at minus five? Man, you know I got rules on this show. I got rules with, with football picks, and rules are made to be broken, my friend. This is the first week. It took me seven weeks to finally do it, but there's no way I can pick the Packers to cover plus five right now, or minus five right now. They've not really shown that they're a team that can cover a big spread. Uh, almost like the Cowboys. They haven't really shown their team that can cover a big spread. Um, I do think at some point the Packers are going to have a get-right game. Um, it, it it may happen this week. I think that if it was Carson, I would probably pick the <laughs> Packers. But honestly, I think every time Taylor Heineke comes in, that first game is always a barn burner. He always goes out there, slings it over the yard, looks like a dude that the next week we're all saying, hey, man, that should be Taylor Heineke's job. And then he'll go out and lose the game. We're like, oh, well, that's kind of why it's not his job. Um, and being at home, Heineke's back. I think the fans were kind of not necessarily fed up with Carson, but they were kind of over the situation. Uh, maybe they even got a little more fire in them to kind of keep the electricity in the stadium. Uh, so I'm going to take the the commanders to cover plus five, and we'll we'll see if this is the game that, that Aaron Rodgers and the boys can finally kind of get right. I wish it was going to be in Lambeau for them to have a get right game. Uh, but that really didn't work for them last week. So maybe going on the road. Kind of get away from that pressure, kind of us against the world mentality. Maybe they can have their finally finally have their bounce back. So are you taking the Packers? No, I'm taking, taking the Commanders. I just okay. This is a game that the Packers could go out and <laughs> and look like the Packers. Just they're it's almost like the Cardinals. Like I know what you can do, but you're gonna have to do it before I can pick you to do it. Yeah, the pack. Uh, Craig took the Packers at minus five. Man, I went against the Packers last week, and I mean that. I was right. You know, like you'd kind of know your own team at this point in time. And at minus five, that means they got to win by a touchdown. I just don't see it. I, I mean, I watch that team. I watch every play. I've watched almost, I've watched damn near every game of every play. And we can't, the defense can't put two halves together. I know everybody wants to talk about the wide receiver issues. Uh, Sammy Watkins is slowly working his way back, but uh, no Randall Cobb. 
but the offensive line has been god awful for the Green Bay Packers. Just god awful. They had Quentin Williams looking like he was freaking Warren Sapp out there. Uh, and now Quentin Williams is an all pro type player, uh, and he's he's coming along for a young guy. But I mean, it's not like Washington doesn't have pass rushers. I mean, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, like those guys. We know Chase Young is out. Um, I've I've been on the notion that I thought Heineke was all right. Like I didn't really felt like they upgraded when they traded for Carson Wentz. I don't know was it you or Craig that said that the that's what Dan that was a Dan Snyder move uh, was Wentz he wanted Wentz and made the trigger for Wentz. Uh, yeah, so throughout this whole Dan Snyder saga and all this stuff that's been going on and leaks that have been coming out, uh, that's basically what I read. Um, I want to say it was on Bleach Report, but I don't remember 100%. It might have been supporting news. But either way, um, yeah, I had read that Dan Snyder basically came in and said, we're going to trade for Carson Wentz. And everybody was essentially told that if you don't agree with that decision, there's the door because that's what we're doing. And so everybody was kind of force-fed basically Carson Wentz uh, as the way forward. Yeah, it looks like for uh, Washington, Johan Dotson, Johan Dotson, looks like he's going to be a go. Uh, He's questionable. So uh, he had been out for like the last week or so. I'm going to take the commanders at at plus five here and leave Craig on uh, Packer Island. How's the bear fan on Packer Island by himself? I I don't know, but I just can't, I I can't take the Packers to cover at plus at, at minus five. I don't feel great about it. I think, I'd like the money line, but I like the money line the last three weeks and it hasn't two weeks and it hasn't turned out great for me. Um, but I, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the commanders at uh, plus five. I like green Bay, you know, money line. I think it'll be a three point game. Hopefully maybe even a one point game, but Jesus, give me the freaking commanders. <laughs> Left hand up. Who are we? The commanders. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God, I, I I probably picked against Green Bay more this year than I ever have in my entire life, and maybe I'm just getting smarter, uh, and uh, my fanhood is getting, you know, my heart is, uh, my brain's getting bigger, and my heart is uh, getting smaller. I don't know. I don't know. I think we got everybody keeps kind of waiting for that Aaron Rodgers historical turnaround, blah blah blah, some basically record breaking comeback that they make, and it's maybe it's just not in the cards, you know, maybe it's just not kind of coming together the way everybody thought. I mean, we started off slow before, right? Like we always, it seemed like with McCarthy, we were always like in this spot, three and three, uh, two and you know, two and three. Well, and a lot five of teams, teams are anyway. I mean, like we kind of said at the beginning of the show, teams <laughs> are five hundred. I mean, that's the league, like being. Right around 500 means you're a three-game stretch away from being in a commanding lead in the division. So as long as you're hanging around that 500, it doesn't really matter how you're doing it. You just kind of hope at some point that, that things will kind of click, whether it's a health issue or, or whatever. You just kind of hope that things will click. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Johnny's t- chiming in here, and uh, he said, can't make picks with your heart, bro. And Exactly, Johnny. I used to do it all the time. I've gotten, like I said, I think I've gotten smarter the older I get. Um or wiser, at least. I don't know about smarter. All right, Kenny, let's get into speaking of older. Uh, Tom Brady looks real old in that Bucks offense. I gave him the third of the week last week because that offense has just been so bad. Um, they're heavy favorites against, I think, the worst team in the league here in the Panthers. P.J. Walker's going to start. Uh, Sam Darnold's looking to come back. But who you like here? Bucks, huge, sp- biggest spread of the 
of the week at minus 11 uh, against Carolina. Uh, last week I gave Carolina the benefit of the doubt in the big spread game against the Rams, and uh, they showed they couldn't cover that. And I think that the Bucks are a little better than the Rams right now. Uh, so as much as – I don't know about that, but I, 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 they're probably in the same boat because, again, it goes back to who are they really? How good's the Bucks defense? How good do you think the Bucks defense really is? Still pretty good? Because the Bucks run the shit out of the ball. So if their defense is still pretty good, then they've at least got a recipe that can win. Now, whether or not they can go out there and do it, almost like the Aaron Rodgers situation. We kind of keep waiting for Aaron Rodgers and Packers to have that bounce back game. You got to think, almost like we thought the Packers would do last week coming off the loss to the Giants. You got to think coming off the loss to the Falcons, maybe Tampa will go out there and say, no more, sir. And, uh, and have that game. But I just – Carolina's kind of made it to the part or the point where I just don't know if I can pick you ever again to cover any spread. I mean, as bad as the Rams have looked, if you're not covering 10 against them, I don't, don't know if you're going to cover 11 against the Bucs either. Um, I think that the Panthers kind of getting to get ran all over. I think the Bucs are starting to get – they're starting to get a few guys back, starting to get a few kinks worked out. Kind of like you said, as much as missing the preseason and stuff, Brady missed a bunch of it. They've had basically no receivers healthy besides Mike Evans for a long time. So I am going to take the Bucs, though. I mean, uh, you made me publicly apologize to Tom Brady three weeks ago. So I'm <laughs> kind of on this pick Tom Brady train, so I don't have to do it again. Yeah, uh, plus 11 is a lot. Craig is on uh, the Panthers at plus 11. He believes in uh, P.J. Walker. Maybe he believes uh, – I don't think he does. I just don't think he believes in big spreads. You know, it's hard to it's hard for me to pick the Bucs because 11 is just such a big spread, but I'm not fucking – Panthers, I just can't do it. Maybe he believes Robbie Anderson was the problem in Carolina and their offense is finally going to explode, right? Uh, Robbie was the issue and their offense is just going to break out here against the uh, stingy Bucks defense. I mean, that's one thing you can say about the Bucks. But one thing is, it's just kind of, it reminds me of like when, like this weekend, right? Like Alabama is playing Mississippi State. I talked about it on the morning show. It's plus 21. Maybe that spread would have been a little smaller if Alabama wasn't coming off a loss. Maybe this spread would be a little bit smaller. I know it's weird to say that. Well, they're coming off a loss. You think the spread would be shorter. But sometimes people get real get real pissed off when they lose. Uh, and Tom Brady's one of those guys. They're going to go out there and they're going to show their dominance and show them who they really are. Again, it's kind of one of them like, if not now, win type things for the Tampa Bay uh, just kind of we look. I alluded to Arizona. If not now, when? Like this is the opponent. The Bucks offense has got to put up a lot of points right here. I expect. I I expect a couple touchdowns from uh, Mike Evans. You know, Lenny Fournette's been carrying, catching the ball like nobody's business. You know, maybe uh, Julio will get play, and they'll get they'll get some weapons going. So I'm with you. I'm leaving Craig on Panther Island. I can't take the Panthers. They're the worst team in the league in my mind. Uh, you know, Bryce Young will look good in Carolina next year, folks. Give me uh, the Bucks at uh, minus 11, baby. You talk about pissed off spreads. That was kind of the Packers and the Jets spread last week, right? Somehow it was minus seven, even though the Jets just scored 40 points, which the Packers obviously looked like they couldn't do at all. And, and that was kind of that same thing. Like, well, Aaron Rodgers got to be pissed off coming off a loss, right? Apparently not mad enough. Is this next spread right? The, the, yeah. There's no way the the Giants are dog. That is how how in the hell are the Giants five and one 
and they're the dogs going against the crappy Jacksonville Jaguars, who I mean they're not. I mean they're three and three. I know that Giants are. They play close games, but they hey, just Jags beat are two and four. Two and four. They just beat the the Giants. Just beat the Packers, and they just beat the Baltimore Ravens. Two teams that everybody either a predict to finish one or two in their division and dang near make the playoffs, and you got the Giants being minus three. Are uh, the dogs going to Jacksonville? Does like, is Saquon hurt? No, I know the Giants ain't got no receivers, but they ain't had no damn receivers all year. They hey, they still got a defensive front. And they still got a recipe to run the ball. And I kind of thought the same thing when I was making these slides. I, I had to double check twice. I don't understand. I, what is a five and one team played a two and four team played three point dogs? <laughs> I mean, you who knows if that's ever even happened before? I'd be very interested to know. Um. Johnny's chiming in here. He's got he's he's got Jacksonville money line. Jacksonville's winning this game. So Jacksonville's the team for the last two weeks. We've been saying, well, they're going to get right. Who? What? What's right? What's right for them? I mean, was the first three weeks just a fluke, or is that what's right? Or is that what right is? You know, the first three weeks we we're talking about Peterson was coach of the year, and Trevor Lawrence was going to make you know look good. The Jags was at one point the favorites to win the freaking division, and. Now here we are. They're two and four. The Jags are who we thought they were, and they stink. So somehow minus three at home. Hopefully this is the game they get right. You know the Tinkertown Jagoffs have been waiting for the freaking Jags to get going for the last three weeks. I jump on the train and the wheels fall off. You know maybe it's the Miller curse. Maybe I did it to them. <laughs> um, hopefully this is the game the Jags get right. But the Giants have kind of proven themselves to be that they. You're going to give me a close spread like that. Man, give me the Giants because the Jags haven't shown they can stop the run. The Giants haven't shown that anybody can stop them from running the ball. And the Jags, the last few weeks on offense, just haven't looked like a team that can go out there and, and really look that great. And if the if the Giants just shut down the Packers and the Ravens, I got to pick them to shut down the Jags. That's just process of elimination. Yeah, I mean, I that if the spread was the other way around, that Giants plus three or minus three, I'd probably take the Giants or, you know, thinking it's going to be a push at the minimum. Um, I, I just don't, I, I, I'm like, like speechless on this spread here. This is, uh, Craig has got the, the giants at plus three. Uh, you know, the blue, usually I rocking for the Cubs, but Hey, tonight it's the blue for the big blue of the giants, baby. Uh, I, I've been, I've been saying it. I've been all in on the giants and Brian Dayball every freaking week. I, I just love that team. Like, I'm, I hate if it wasn't for New York and their crap. I hate New York and all their fans, and I hate the Giants because the things they've done to the Packers in the past. But damn it, I love Brian Dayball and what he's done with this organization and turned it around and the way they play and the way he coaches them and the way those guys respond to him. I'm all in on the Giants, baby. Lock it in. We're in on the Giants at plus three. <clears throat> Uh, let's get into uh, Browns here going to Cleveland. Again, the Browns, it seems like they're in every game, but find ways to lose it. Same with the Ravens. I mean, the Ravens, they should, they could, the Ravens very easily could be 6 and 0 right now. Instead, they're 3 and 3. They've had some really heartbreaking losses, uh, you know, just right at the end. Last week was a bad interception by Lamar, then a fumble by Lamar. Cost them the game. Giants get the victory. 
But Ravens at minus six and a half here. One thing we know is the Ravens can't cover the pass, but one thing we know the Browns don't like to do is pass. So, Kenny, who you like here? Browns, Ravens. Man, I just keep ever since the Ravens lost to to the Bills, I just keep waiting for the Ravens to have a bounce back game, and they just turn around and just keep not having one too. Um, I don't just don't know who who anybody is. I don't know who anybody is. I don't know how you look at the way the te- these two teams have played and say the spread should be six and a half. You know, the Browns, well, okay, maybe not against the Pats, but but the Browns have at least <laughs> cut, you know, the Browns have kept most of the games close, even if they haven't won them. You know, and the Ravens have let a lot of teams stick around and they've lost some games. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna take the Browns to cover six and a half. I don't know if that's the smart move. Um based on the fact that the Browns just showed they could run all over. And let me tell you, the Ravens are a team that can run all over you uh, if you're going to let them. I just, I wish six and a half such a big spread, though. I don't know if the Ravens cover six and a half right now. Um, if the Ravens are going to have, have a bounce-back game and kind of and kind of really be who, who they we thought they were the first few weeks, um, this is a game they're going to have to win. I would pick the Ravens on the money line for sure. Um, they're just not a team I can pick to cover six and a half at this moment. Um, I think that the Browns can run the ball well enough to kind of keep it close, um, and a and I think a close game. I mean, it's just I just a close game. If the Raven, if the Browns run the ball, it's gonna be hard for the Ravens to cover a seven, a six and a half point spread. Yeah, uh, Craig's got the Browns here as well. Man, if you let Bailey Zappi throw for three hundred yards on you and look like you know he's the next Tom Brady, what are they gonna do when Lamar's running on you? The, I, I I believe this is the get right game for the Ravens. They got to prove like, hey, we're still the class of this uh, division. I mean, I had the Bengals winning the division anyway, but they're going to show like, hey, you know, you guys are still the Browns and we're still the Ravens. We're still going to be this, you know, a team that can make a deep run. Uh, this is going to be a bounce back game for Lamar and a bounce back game for the Ravens. I like – I'm on Raven Island, baby, at minus six and a half. Let's go, Ravens. Hey, that's a game that when we look up, you being on that island could look very, very good. The Ravens are a team that if they play their best ball, Browns play their best ball, Ravens could probably cover that. I just can't guarantee that we're getting anybody's best ball. And I've bet two weeks in a row on a pissed-off game and lost that pick both times. And it's just I'm not going to do it again. You can't on any team. There's only, like I said, there's about three teams I can guarantee that I'm probably going to get their best ball, and two of them are on buys this week. So <laughs> I mean, outside of that, you don't know who's going to get, who's going to be who, and who's uh, who's going to do what. Yeah, no, hundred percent, man. It's. I hope the Ravens win, just because I think that football is going to be better if the Ravens are who they were the first few weeks. I think it's better for everybody. I think it's better for obviously Lamar. It's better for the fans if Lamar's playing good. Um, gives a shit about the Browns. You know what I mean? I'd rather have the Ravens good than the Browns, to be honest with you, from a fan's perspective. Yeah, I, this is kind of a game that the Browns really need, though, right? Like, everybody, is as far as, like, where they want to be but when Deshaun Watson gets back, what they want their record to be, right? Like, I mean, they can't – can they afford to go, what, two and – it would be two and five at that point in time? Uh, at that point, you know, you get two and five, that's tough to come back from, you know? I know everybody's three and three, but you know it, that's no, tough. It, it it is going to be hard to come back from, but I don't necessarily think this is a must-win game. But I think this is a must-compete game. I don't think they can go out there and, and get their shit packed in again the way they did last week. 
They're going to have to go out there and actually play good football. If they compete with the Ravens and they cover the spread and lose a field goal game, that's a game you can use the momentum going forward with. That's a game you can build something on. Uh, a loss doesn't necessarily kill them here, but if they get blown out again, I don't really think that – I don't know how you find any moral victory in another blowout. I don't know how you find any moral victory in kind of the way they find a way to loss, lose games this year. The close games, they've lost heartbreakers, not necessarily games you can be happy about. And then besides that, they've kind of just really got stomped on. So they got to go out there and compete for sure. Um, I think three and four for the the Ravens might be worse than two and five for the Browns, just kind of based off of yeah, where, yeah, where, expectations. Where yeah. kind of were expectations exactly. So I don't necessarily think it's must win, but it's damn sure it must compete. You got to go out there and look like a team that got some fight left in them, or or what does Watson do? You know, the Browns were a team when I picked them to win the division. That was based off. I think Jacoby can keep you guys 500. And if he can do that, I think Watson can go 4-2 and two in their last six games after he comes back. And I think that can win the division. Um, now it's just I'm not so sure. You know, I don't know, I don't know <laughs> if you can really – I think maybe he can make a wild card run, you know, if everything goes right, you know, when he gets back. But I don't think he's going to make no division run. Yeah, if everything can rub their way. <laughs> Let's it, speak hey, it, it doesn't rub their way, it's gonna tug it the other direction. Hey, right. Hey, uh speaking of team that's gotta be must compete here. You got the the Jets going to Denver. Denver, it's a pick'em game, it's minus one. Jets undefeated with Zach Wilson at the helm. Uh they're four and one. The uh the Jets are who would have thought the Jets <clears throat> having that record at, or excuse me, four and two. Broncos two and four, they look like, I mean, I think the Panthers look awful, but I mean, at this point in time, I'm tired of saying Denver's the most disappointing team. They are who they, I mean, they just are awful. Thank God this game is not on primetime. I swear to God, I can't, I won't watch another Denver primetime game the rest of the year. They'll probably have five more primetime games and I won't watch one. Uh, who you like here? Denver, I mean, <laughs> the theme of the night is with that now win. Uh, I feel like so we'll just go ahead and keep it rolling here with Denver. Uh man, Denver's a team that's they're on the I will not pick them list. I just I don't care. And luckily for me, they're going up against a team that's made the I'm gonna pick them to cover a lot of spreads list in the Jets. Um I'm honestly a little shocked. You know, we talked about the Giants going into Jacksonville being three-point dogs. I'm kind of a little shocked that the Jets are going into Denver the way they've been playing and that they're dogs. You know, I kind of halfway expected, you know, the Jets scored 40 points against the Dolphins and turned around and beat the Packers in Lambeau. Heck, I'm going to take them to go in and beat, and I take the Jets' money line, not just Jets' cover, which obviously it's a pick them, but, I mean, I'm going to take Jets' money line in this one. I think the Jets are going to go into Denver, and I'm not going to necessarily say put it on them because um, I know the Broncos' defense is getting healthy, and so they're going to kind of maybe get back to who we thought they would be, but not to the extent, obviously, because Russ is Russ ain't cooking. I mean, I don't know what in the world is going on there. Like oh, he's cooking gonna, something. That right. special ingredient that they cook down in the in, here in Missouri, you know. Right. No, I mean it's it's kind of like you said. We're tired of saying the Broncos are the most disappointing team. There's just Jets are kind of hot. They got some swag. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick them to to win this game. Here's the thing. One team looks like they love playing for their coach and their quarterback. The other team looks like they hate their quarterback and they hate their head coach. Um, 
the Jets love it. See, whatever Zach Wilson, whether it was like the leak that he is banging out moms and people are getting behind that, and people are like, hey, hey, we like Zach. Uh, he's learned, he's still learning, he's still got a lot to learn, still makes some mistakes, but they're managing him, right? And I mean, they ran all over the Packers. He only threw the ball like 10 times. 118 yards, some stupid shit like that. Yeah. And then you, you they were running all over uh, with Bryce uh, and, and even Carter, Michael Carter. And they have a nice little one-two punch in the running game. They got some offensive weapons. I mean, I, the Broncos are supposed to be this offensive firepower, right? When we went into the season, when we were taking fantasy, people like Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, you know, buy everything at Denver, right? Well, now you want to sell that faster than, you know, <laughs> than anything, man. Um, I, I'm with you. I'm on the Jets. Craig's on the Jets. We're all on the Jets. I can't pick Denver for the – I'll never pick Denver the rest of the season. I'm with you until – I don't know. Hey, I mean, I know Russell Wilson is hurt. So, would you think about benching him and just – heartbeat. That's right now. Just, they, he, they gave you an out. They gave you an out to say, hey, he's got, what is it, a shoulder? He's got the shoulder, man, he's, and he needs some rest. That at least gives you a chance to to get turn, let some of the heat die down. I mean, yeah. he's, the way he, the, that they're catching shots in the media and just nonstop all over, it doesn't matter what sports talk show you turn on, the Broncos are the butt of the joke. And if you have an out to get Russell Wilson away from the public eye for a couple weeks, even just two weeks, and just – there's not even a get right. It's not even about getting healthy. I'm sure he's healthy enough to play, but just give him a damn break. Maybe reset his mind because obviously something's not working. I mean, they're legitimately talking about should Hackett make it to the midseason, and he's a first year head coach. I mean, when does that even happen? Almost every first year head coach, is like, hey, give him some time. And you can't look that bad on offense when you're supposed to be the offensive guy with a 250 million dollar quarterback. Is it is it Hackett or is it Russ though? Like that's it's what I. It's everything. It's, Here's the it's deal, both. It's just no, not a good marriage, right? Like right. I mean, so that, hey. and that's kind of what I was gonna say. So with with Nagy and and Mitch, you know, it was all when me and Craig would talk about it all the time. And it was Nagy always wanted to blame Mitch. Well, I can't win with Mitch. Mitch ain't my guy. You sat down in front of the Bears ownership and said, "I can win with him." That's how you got that job. So go do it. And this is the same exact thing. You know, Hackett and Russ. That's a marriage. They basically agreed. That whole thing came together. A lot of time, a lot of phone calls, a lot of rumors, a lot of smoke. So there's obviously things that were talked about. There were conversations that uh, you hope were had in the matter of we're going after Russell Wilson. Can you win with him? What's your plan for him? Because if not, you can't coach here. So whatever he told them, whatever used cars been sale shit, he went in there with, you better find a way to shine that son of a gun up and make it look good because you got to get that car sold because you went in there and got that job. I mean, I, I don't think you should fire first year head coach midseason. But if it's him or Russ, it's got to be him because you can't move Russ's contract, right? No, you can't move Russ's contract. You know, it'd be it'd be it'd be crazy. Like if they had Drew Locke still as their quarterback, there wouldn't be this big thing, right? Like nobody hey, would care. Nobody would yeah, care that they were yeah. two and four. Nobody would care if they were one and five. No one care if they were zero and six. They would say yeah. it's Drew Locke. Give Hackett some time. But no, they went out. They made a monster move. Which okay, kudos to him. But. Sometimes what? The quarter, sometimes the quarterback you're able to get isn't necessarily the quarterback you want. There's a reason why somebody wasn't wanting to pay him. I don't know who I was watching or who it was. It might have been on uh, somebody. And it's like Pete Carroll must have saw something, right? Like, hey, Pete Carroll don't make this move unless he knows, right? Like, he knew knew something wasn't right. Like, knew Russ wasn't really going to be this guy or 
or, or was past his prime or whatever it was, uh, whether it's he wants to be a star um, and not a football player. Fo- you know, I, I just said this. I was just having this conversation with somebody yesterday. I was like, it, it, it seems like football is not his number one priority uh, anymore which I know like that's weird to say, like, you know, our job is really not our, like our number one priority, but we're not getting paid millions of dollars like they are. Or, and so you always question like, Hey, is football his number one priority? And you look at some of these guys that do have question marks. Is this their number one priority? Those are the guys that are, you have a lot of question marks that you, you can't say this is his, his first thing that he loves anymore. Um, he made his money and now he's just going to ride it out. I think like it it's, I blame both. It's a bad marriage. Um, and again, we're both, we're all on the Jets. Uh, let's look into a, another marriage that was is new, and that's Devontae Adams and the Raiders uh, coming off a uh, heart heartbreaking loss against the Chiefs. Was that this? Pe- no, that was two weeks ago. They were, on, were they on a bye last week? Yeah. Okay, they're coming off a bye. That's right. I was like, man, I felt like Texans they also coming off a bye. So two teams coming off a bye. Uh, Texans. Headed to Oakland. Raiders that are the favorite at minus seven. Uh, pretty decent size spread here for their with the Raiders. Yeah, I kind of was a little surprised the spread is what it was. Um, I know the Raiders playing close with the Chiefs maybe kind of gave them a leg up, but they usually do play close with the Chiefs, so I don't really know how much that, that should have opened that spread up that way. Um, I think the big thing is are the Raiders going to be able to stop the run? Um, if the Texans can run the ball and kind of control the clock, it's going to go a long way to covering a big spread like that. Um, the way Damian Pierce has ran, the way Levy Smith has kind of got the boys looking, um, not necessarily a team you're ever going to pick to win a game, uh, but a team that competes and a team that tries to at least hang around. They don't really look like they've ever quit in the fourth quarter, um, even when they were down a couple times big. Um, I'm going to pick the Texans to cover plus seven just because I don't really know if the Raiders have shown their team that can cover minus seven either. Um who are the Raiders? Are the Raiders Josh Jacobs carrying the ball for 125 yards and two scores? Or are the Raiders Devontae Adams having no catches and they can't score any points and they give the ball away a bunch of times in the fourth quarter and overtime and lose to the Cardinals? Yeah. I mean, both, we just don't know. Both these teams looking for their second win here. Uh, Texans 1-3-1 one, and one, and the Raiders at 1-4. and four. One of these teams is supposed to be looking for their second win. The other one is not. <laughs> yeah, the one team brought it, made a bunch of acquisitions and right. was supposed to I know to be, a lot of people you know, still picked the Raiders to finish last. I did not. I, I kind of expected a little more out of them. I thought the Broncos would finish last. Um, but I don't think any – I mean, 1-4, and four, I don't think anybody really saw that coming. You can't make that many moves. I don't care if you do have a first-year head coach. You can't have that much money going out the door and that many all-pro players on the team would be one of four. Yeah, this just shows you that, folks, like the offseason don't mean dick. I mean, the AFC West was supposed to be the uh, best. You know, we were talking oh, maybe all four of these teams uh, could get in the playoffs, three of these teams. This is going to be the best division in football. Well, now look at the Broncos uh, absolutely suck. The Raiders absolutely suck. The Chargers, their coach is going to cost some games because he's going for it on fourth and 20 on his own five. Uh, the Chiefs, well, they're still the freaking Chiefs, which I kept saying all season, all off season, until proven otherwise, the Chiefs will run that division because Andy Reid knows what the hell he's doing. Patty Mahomes know what the hell he's doing. And nobody else in that division knows what the hell they're doing. Uh, I'm And speaking of knowing what the hell they're doing, I, I feel like this is a game that the Texans – the te- it seems like the Texans either cover 
or they just get blown the brakes yeah, off. Same of. thing last year. Same thing last yeah. year. They either cover or it's a complete blowout. Yeah. So I get it. I mean, I get the spread, but I just don't know if the Raiders ever look like a team that, that can put a team away like that. You got to like, a team that can put teams away to cover a big spread. Yeah, I like the Raiders' money line here, but I'm with you. Craig, Craig's got the Texans as well. Uh, I'm going to go plus, you know, give me plus seven with the Texans, baby. Hammer at home. So I just mentioned the Chargers. Chargers at minus six here. Uh, Favorite <coughs> host in Seattle. Uh, Seattle's another surprising three and three team here. I'm surprised this spread is at minus six. I would have expected three and a half or, you know, closer to something like that. But minus six, pretty big spread here with the Chargers. I, why do the Chargers get these big spreads? Is it because everybody is the Chargers going to charge it? Just know what Vegas doesn't understand that terminology. Well, I mean, not even just that. I mean, if you take, take away kind of the down week last week for the offense, Seahawks look like a team that can score points and cover a big spread like that. You know, I was kind of shocked when I seen how big that spread was as well. I, I know it seems like the Chargers should be three and three, but they're four and two somehow. Yeah, but I mean that's. They shouldn't have won the game against the Broncos. You know what I mean? You just kind of looked the way they charged two or three times, and the Broncos just broncoed a little worse. They shouldn't um, have won the game against the Browns. They gave the Browns yeah. it on a platter. You yeah, know? no, it's the same. <laughs> so, I mean, you look like a team at the Ravens and say they could be 6-0. and I mean, the Chargers could be 1-5, 2-4. and So, I mean, who – at the end of the day, I still think the Chargers are going to charge her, and that's just kind of is what it is. It's – this is a team they could go out and win by 10 or 12 or 13. I wouldn't really be that surprised, but the Seahawks are a team that kind of covers. I'm going to take them to cover plus six. Yeah. Uh, I was looking to try to see what, what did Craig say? What did Craig have here in the text? I'm, I'm looking at uh, trying to see if he, who he had. Uh, I got his picks right here. Um, Chargers. Yeah. Chargers. Oh, he's got, he's got Chargers. So he's, he's back on his boy with Herbert. Uh, he, he has to be. He's got Eckler. Sometimes you just got to pick with your fantasy team, bro. Yeah, I mean, Eckler's been – the last three games, Eckler's come alive. Uh, I just – I'm with you, though. I, I'm kind of with you as far as, like, I don't understand this spread. Uh, at minus six, Seattle has shown that they can compete. Like, that's the right. thing. Seattle's been in every game, no matter who they've – even in the game three games they've lost – uh, it's been like a bad Geno Smith interception or just, you know, a fumble or something crazy has happened. Uh, they've been in every game. I'm with you here. I, I don't understand the spread. Chargers are going to charge her. Like I said, Staley will do something dumb enough to keep this game close. And uh, Pete Carroll is, isn't is going to do something dumb enough where, you know, uh, I, I'm with you. Give me the Seahawks at plus six. I like it's the, the Chargers. It's not necessarily the team that's going to do something dumb. It's the recipe. See, the reason why Brandon Staley is going to do something dumb is because you're, when you risk it, you're either a genius <laughs> or an idiot, and it's just the way it is. But the Seahawks' recipe is we're going to give the ball to Kenneth Walker 21 times, and we're going to let Geno just not make mistakes, and that's going to keep them in a lot of games. Yeah, we're going to scheme. We're going to scheme open, DK. and it, they got ta Both these teams are, if you look on paper, very talented, right? Yeah, I mean, talented, especially on the offense. Chargers got a little bit more talent on the defense. That Seahawks defense is young. Uh, it's still growing and improving. And then you get to the quarterback position. But, I mean, I, I mean, we 
we've been saying, man, like I know you you got you said you put money on Saquon Barkley being comeback player of the year, but shit right now, Gino, it's between maybe him and Gino. I just don't think so. You 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 I mean you're gonna give it to Saquon just because of the usage. I just I mean it's a, it's the difference. It's at the end of the day, they're not gonna give it to to the game manager of a team that's I mean, just probably not gonna be in a playoff hunt. You know, it's just kind of the way it's gonna go. Giants are five and one team. Saquon's legit coming off injuries, not just being a journeyman and being not good enough to take anybody's job. He's legit coming back from something. Uh, with the last two years being banged up. I just think that it's kind of the way that it would go. Now, not as, I know I'm a little biased. Obviously, I got money on Saquon. Uh, but as far as that goes, I mean, it's definitely Saquon for me right now by really a mile just because he looks just like the RB1 kind of everybody thought he was uh, before the injuries. Geno just looks like game manager is doing his job. I mean, he's just a glorified Cooper Rush right now. Yeah, I, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Uh, I don't mean I that in a bad you- way. I mean, he's doing his job very, very well. Better than expected, for by sure. A mile. I mean, by two miles. Who in the world? By more than a mile. It's like top hey. six quarterback in fantasy right now. Yeah. Give me uh, Gino and the boys at plus six, though. I like the Seahawks. Craig's on Charger Island. Another weird spread here. I don't understand this. The, I know the Chiefs are coming off a loss. How are they only minus two and a half uh, favorites going to San Francisco? Is it like the mid cross country? Atlanta. Put it on the 49ers last week. Bad. Doubled them up. And here they are, 49ers only, uh, you know, two and a half dog to the Chiefs who just lost to maybe the best team in the league. Um, I know the, the Niners lost last week, but up until that point, the Niners looked very good. They look like a team that with the Shanahan recipe, you know, they want to run the ball. They want to control the clock. Um. I am a little bit shocked uh, that the spread, I kind of thought it'd be three and a half. I know it's only a point, um, but I mean, the Chiefs are kind of who we thought they were. And even if the Niners are who they kind of looked like, I still think the Chiefs probably go in and win that game. Um, if it was three and a half, I would have took the Niners for sure. Uh, the two and a half makes it kind of more of a pick them. Um, This is a game the Niners can go out and get right, but I am going to take the Chiefs. There's just, you know, my rules. I know some rules are made to be broken, but this isn't one of them yet. Uh, so I'm going to take the Chiefs to win. Hopefully it's by field goal. Wouldn't surprise me if it was uh, if it was not. So we'll just kind of see how it goes. Yeah, Craig's got the Chiefs at minus two and a half as well. I'm with you guys. I'm not, I'm not picking the Chiefs to lose two games in a row. Uh, this will be another bounce back game offensively for the Chiefs. Uh, I, is Josh Allen playing in this game? Uh, yeah. I don't. What uh, is Josh Allen playing? Is Josh, Josh Allen? Allen? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. In the Chiefs fucking Niners game? Yeah. The, the point is, no, he's not. So that that means the oh Chiefs. Oh my god! I was like, what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> Oh, so did I, did I miss something somewhere? Did they sign some dude named Josh Allen? It's supposed to be some game changer. Hey, like, Josh oh, Allen ain't on the field, so the Chiefs are going to be all right, folks. Oh, hey, gosh. Jimmy Jimmy G ain't hurtling over, folks. He ain't got that dog in him. Hey, uh, give me the Chiefs at minus two and a half, baby. <laughs> hey, let's get into the Sunday night game. Uh, I'm not too sure. Is it two a time? 
or is it uh it is it gonna be Teddy here for the Dolphins? And I'm not too sure if it's uh Mitch or, or Kenny Pickett uh for the Steelers, but Dolphins uh favorites here minus seven. Uh Dolphins Steelers. I'm, let me look up the injuries here real quick. It could be battle of the backups. I know both are all in the uh are all in the um Concussion protocol. Broncos. I don't know. I think two is supposed to be back, right? I thought next week. I think it's more next week, I thought. Oh, fair enough. All right, here we is go. Here, let's big, look. Right? Yeah, so Fairmouth Fair is questionable. Um, Minka's questionable. Miles Jack's questionable. I don't see anything on uh, Kenny Pickett. Pickett, so it, Pickett, full participant in practice, it says. Okay, so it looks like Kenny Pickett could pro probably a go here um, for – and I think it's Teddy time, Teddy two gloves for the Dolphins. Well, I'm looking at the injury report on NFL.com, and two is not on it. Skylar Thompson's on it, but two is not on it. Yeah, I'm looking on ESPN here. Uh, Raheem Mustard questionable. Jalen Waddle questionable. Skylar Thompson questionable. I don't see it out for for Tua. Is Tua is Tua back? I well, word yet. does that change your mind either way? Whether it's yeah. Teddy Two Gloves and Mitch, or if it's uh, you know Kenny Pickett and Tua, or yeah, I mean both of those situations change a lot. I mean if it's if it's Pickett and Tua, then I'll take Dolphins to cover minus seven. Um, Honestly, I trust Mitch to keep it closer, I think, um, if if he was to get the start, uh, especially if Teddy gets the start. So, I mean, a lot of that's kind of up in the air, so who knows with it. Um, seven's just a lot, and if Tua is back, is there going to be any rust there? If Tua is back, is he is he one hit away from not being back anymore? Um, the Steelers, maybe they found some fight. Maybe Tomlin kind of got them boys – Kind of rolling again. I don't know if they're necessarily going to win this game, but I'm going to pick them to cover at plus seven. I mean, seven's a big spread. You're on the Steelers? Yeah. Um, ah, man. Craig's on the Steelers. I don't, I can't make out the Steelers here. Uh, I mean, what they did to the Bucks last week was improvement. The Dolphins have looked bad since Tua's been out, but before Tua was out, they looked like an absolute wagon. But seven is high. You know what, though? Uh, I'm going to go on Dolphin Island. It's Teddy. It's it's Tua time, baby. Uh, I'm on the Dolphins. I said after they beat the Bills, I said I was jumping on the Dolphins bandwagon. I said, hey, don't you guys can blame me if they lose three in a row. Well, guess what? They ended up losing three in a row. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going – I'm jumping back on the Dolphins' bad wagon. Give me Dolphins Island at minus seven. Uh, the Monday night game here. Uh, man, this game is another – I feel like these primetime games have just been awful. Monday night games and the Thursday night games. Sunday night games have been halfway decent. Some, well, Not even – I guess there's been some bad Sunday. What is going on with the NFL schedule? Uh, but you got the Bears going to Foxborough. The Pats, uh, heavy favorites at minus seven and a half. Uh, who you like here? Uh, Patriots, Bears. I wish the spread wasn't quite what it is. 
Um, I'm going to take the Pats either way. Uh, I just – Pats have shown that they can run the ball very, very well. And I just don't – not just that they've shown that they can run the ball well, they've shown they can run the ball well and score points doing it. And that's kind of a scary combination if you're a team like the Bears that kind of struggles to put points on the board. The offense hasn't really looked very good, very efficient really at all this year. Um, I think it just kind of puts them in a spot. I wish it was six and a half, not seven and a half. But I'm going to pick the Pats, not because I feel like the Pats are a powerhouse. You know, usually you would have to be to cover seven and a half point spread. It's not 100% sure that the Bears can score with the Pats enough to be able to keep it close. Greg's got the Bears. He's got his Bears at, uh, he said plus eight, but it's uh, plus seven and a half. Uh, I, man, I'm with you here. We've seen Bill Belichick make great quarterbacks and great offenses, right? Like slow down and make games close. What's he going to do to a Bears offense that just looks, you know, awful? Uh, and, I, I mean, Justin Fields has some, you know, moments where he looks good. But, I'm, and I don't think it's all on Justin Fields. I don't think the Bears offensive line's any getting good. I don't think he's got any great weapons. They didn't do the poor kid any favors is what I'm trying to say. Um, but the Patriots, I mean, whether it's Bailey Zappi or, uh, or Mac Daddy, uh, give me the Patriots at, at minus seven and a half. Craig's on Pear Island. Lock it in. I'm on with you on the Pats at minus seven and a half. I'll tell you, it's not a game that I would be really surprised if it ended up being a little closer, only because the Bears do have the personnel that, you know, they can run the ball too. You know, they got Monty back there. Khalil Herbert's a good, a good change of pace back as well. It's just we haven't seen them put it together the way the Pats have kind of looked like they're kind of turned into to who we expect the Pats to look like. An efficient team on offense, a good team on defense. Um, I don't know if the Pats are really going to start making a run here, but I do think they're going to make a run as far as the first three weeks we thought they were dead. Now they're a team that you're going to have to put away, and they're a team that's going to go out and beat the teams they're supposed to beat now. Yeah, before we get into our next, our last segment here, uh James Davis, hey James, we appreciate you tuning in. All I know is the Chiefs are really wanting to push pushing for Odell. They made sure to clear more cap than the Bills, so they can offer more. I mean, you think that game uh, Sunday they realized we need a guy like Odell? Uh, you know, not having that difference maker because I mean, we saw when they had Tyreek was kind of that huge difference maker in the playoffs the last few years. And, I mean, reportedly they cleared uh, more cap space. Kelsey reworks his deal. I mean, they're going to be – they're, they're not going to be the only team in on Odell, but, you know, what's your take there, Chiefs and Odell? Uh, I don't know necessarily think that they – that that game made them think, oh, we have to go out and make a move for Odell. I think any team that's in contention wants to add Odell if they can. There's not – I mean, unless you got D-Hop coming back off of a suspension from week six – who in the hell else is going to add an all-pro level receiver at midseason? Nobody's doing that. So uh, I think that everybody's going to do it. They cleared three and a half million in space. I mean, as soon as they made that move, I mean, that's an Odell move. I said the same thing. So I definitely think they're going to make a run at it. Um, Odell's in a very interesting spot as far as he's being recruited. He kind of gets to pick where he wants to go. Teams, he gets to interview teams rather than teams interview him. Um I don't know if I pick him to end up at the Chiefs, but I definitely pick the Chiefs to make a run at it um, um, or run at him for sure. Uh, to clearing up that space was definitely Odell man, money. And, man, Odell with Pat Mahomes is going to look pretty damn good. 
Yeah, I'm still hoping up he, him and uh, AR12 join forces together, but I think the I three mean, top spots is the Packers, Chiefs, and Bills, and I think he, any way he ends up with the quarterback, it's going to have a lot of fun with him. Yeah, maybe a return back to the Rams. I mean that that I think those are the four teams, that, and that's there too. But I just feel like if he's going to do that, when he had done that already, um, yeah. and I know he kind of came out and said they didn't offer me nothing, and Sean McVay said, "Well, it's not the last thing we're going to offer you either." Um, and I do get that, but also, I mean, it's week seven. I mean, why wouldn't you just have him in the building already? I don't, I don't really understand the need to not have him there. Um, I get it. You're not, you don't have him on payroll yet. Push that off as long as you can, but. I mean, he's keeping his options open for a reason. It's not an accident. You know how hard it is to repeat, how bad the Rams will look. Do you think he's going to sign on for that? Speaking of why, just... you mentioned something, and why is it a team, like, is it just because he's so far from, like, being – is he? Is it a him thing? Like, hey, I'm going to wait out before I come join the building? Because if I'm a team, I'm probably already reaching out for him. Hey, come continue to work out. Know our playbook uh, and everything else. So, like, whenever you're ready, we're ready to go. Uh, or is it that is it a team thing or is it a him thing? Like, hey, <clears throat> I'm gonna see the lay of the land and pick my my proponent of the contender, and you know, first quarter of the season while I'm still rehabbing because you know it he's coming off a second ACL surgery. I think it's both. Um, I do think that financially it helps the teams, like I said, to kind of hold that off as long as they can. Um, it also gives him more time to get healthy. I don't think that it hurts either side for him to take more time off because you're adding Odell for a playoff run, not, and I don't mean the playoff run to make the playoffs. I mean, for the playoffs, once you get there. So I think that's why the teams on the list is so limited. Um, I think that honestly, if you're Odell, you got to think that just kind of the way, the way he kind of carries himself, he seems like a guy that would take the, the lack of structure of being a free agent kind of as long as you can. Um, You know, he's obviously staying in shape. You see the dude all the time. He doesn't look like he's missed a day of the gym. Um, but I do think that it's a mutual thing. It kind of helps him see who are you first. You know, if you're Odell and you sign with the Rams preseason and you're sitting there right now like, oh, I definitely made a mistake. Um, so holding off as long as you can lets you see. If, what if you sign with the Packers preseason? He's doing the same exact thing right now. Thinking, man, I don't even know if me coming back is going to help this offense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, might I think, think holding that. off as long as you can kind of lets – the, the landscape kind of present itself to you more than you have to present yourself to it. All right. Now let's go ahead and hit that, uh, get into our next everybody's favorite segment of the week. Sorry, I lost the video. I'm an amateur. It's time for K&K Fantasy Corner. That's right. It's uh, K&K's Fantasy Corner. Uh, so let's go ahead. We'll start with the the sit or the starts here, Kenny. Uh, go ahead and give me your first uh, stardom of the week here. Uh, my first starter running back, uh, it was going to be Kenyon Drake, but then Craig sent his picks in, and so I didn't want to double nothing up. Um, I'm still Craig from last week. He thought that last week was going to be the Packers bounce back game with A.J. Dillon. Uh, kind of getting some time to run the ball against the Jets. Uh, another big spread. Maybe this will be the game that the Packers have that bounce back game and they they kind of get out to that big lead. And uh, and I think that this is going to be a game A.J. Dillon scores in. I think this is a game he's going to get his, his 10 to 12 touches. And I think that with the touchdown, you're going to be looking at 12 to 15 out of A.J. Dillon. I think it's going to be a good flex play this week. 
Yeah, uh, go ahead. You could mention Craig's uh, Kenny and Drake. I know you you just mentioned that he was. No, I mean, uh, with, with Dobbins banged up, I think that everybody kind of saw last week. Drake's definitely the dude. Um, they do got Gus the Bus Edwards coming back, so I think that that is going to cut into some of what Drake was doing. Um, Drake's shown a lot of flashes the last few years, but obviously not the consistency to take over a job or kind. He did get a big payday a little bit from the Raiders, um, but it wasn't starter payday, obviously. Um, so, but after what he showed last week and kind of, you know, the Ravens are guaranteed to be committed to the run that Kenya Drake's an awesome start this week. Um, I was hoping to get him on waivers, having Dobbins as well. Um, he's going to kind of give me that whole backfield until the injuries shake themselves out. Uh, so Craig's spot on with that Drake play, I think. All right. Who's your next uh, stardom here? Um, a stardom at receiver, Curtis Samuel. Um, Heineke coming back. He's a gunslinger. He likes to throw it all over the field. So I think that's going to help out all the receivers. Um, if this is the Packers bounce back game, then it means the commanders are going to be in a, a pass positive game script. And that's going to help out the receivers as well. Uh, Curtis Samuel's a target hog too, man. He's a dude that no matter what, if he just seems like the guy they feed the ball to, I mean, I know that maybe it's a, we don't, we just don't look at the the best corner type deal. And that's why they don't throw it at McLaurin enough. Um, but Samuel's kind of been getting a lot of targets. And if there's going to be a game where they're going to be throwing a lot from behind, then I'm going to take him to, to be a good flex play. Yeah, Craig's got his next term is Alec Pierce. I think everybody's been kind of high on Alec Pierce here the last like two, three weeks. Uh, is it just because Titans, uh, their secondary is not, I mean, their defense hasn't been very good at all season. I mean, the defense hasn't been good, so they've been in games where there's going to be points scored. Um, but also, Alec Pierce is a target hog too, man. Like even, which Pittman's back now, but he's still got eight targets. I mean, he, before that, he was getting 10 targets. He was getting eight, seven, eight catches a game. Another dude I tried to go pick up on waivers that Craig beat me to. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm a big – me and Craig both play fantasy the same way. We're a big fan of volume. I don't necessarily care if you got a bunch of yards with it. That always helps. But if you're a three-target, three-catch guy that, that tries to get to that 110 mark with big plays, then I'm going to take the 10-target, seven-catch guy every single time. And that's who Alec Pierce is. Um, he's a, a dude you're going to get 12 to 15 out of just based off the catches in a full PPR league. Um, and if he scores, and that's going to be a twenty-point week out of him, that's going to help you as much as anything else can in the flex. Uh, so I, that's another one I think Craig's spot on with Alec Pierce play. Yeah, uh, you're uh, you love this uh, Commanders Packers uh, matchup. I see uh, your next uh, stardom here. Yeah, man, Big Bob. He got a bunch of targets last week with Cobb being out. He's a guy that Aaron Rodgers trusts. Um, we've seen him be very, very productive before. Uh, the difference is whenever you're streaming a tight end. Uh, you're always looking for a dude that you think can get a touchdown. I think this is a game he can go out and get a touchdown in. Um, I just it just feels like a game that that with Rodgers the way he fed him last week. You know, Rodgers kind of picks a guy out. He loves doing that. It's kind of his thing. Um, and it kind of seemed like Tanya might be that guy while Cobby's out. And so I'm going to pick him to get that touchdown this week and give you that 12 to 15 out of that tight end. Yeah, last week was uh, last week. Uh, I thought it was Tanyan's best game since he come back from the ACL surgery. It was the best most volume he's year. got, though. I mean, it's easy to have your best game when you're getting the most volume. And when, like I said, with Cobby being out, man, Rogers got to throw to somebody you trust. Yeah, I mean, but it, it, he's getting the volume and he's getting targeted, but it's because he's getting open. So part of that is because I think because he's healthier. You know what I mean? Like he's getting that burst back, cuts right, uh, knows that off is. You know, yeah, I mean, towards weird. ACL, man, it takes guys a while to get back from that. It's not as much as they can get back on the field now sooner. 
you know, we're used to miss a full year no matter what. Guys are getting back on the field in eight, nine months. Still but, takes two years yeah, to it doesn't necessarily to... mean they're not getting back in the field 100%. You know, yeah. you're seeing a lot of guys now. Dobbins coming back from it. His knee tightened up last week. Uh, Taylor Lewan had knee trouble again, come back from his ACL. Um, guys are getting back sooner. Doesn't necessarily mean they're getting back full strength, and it doesn't necessarily mean they're getting back with a low re risk, low re injury risk either. Uh, coming off the ACLs, uh, Craig's uh, last uh, stardom here is uh, Hunter Henry. I mean, surprisingly, uh, Hunter Henry against his Bears here. Uh, it's, he's been getting volume. Uh, got a touchdown. It's hard to ever pick a a pass pass catcher uh, two weeks in a row. Um, that's the one thing I will say. I do think the Hunter Henry is a safe play. I think he's going to give you around that 8 to 10 mark, which isn't bad out of a streamer tight end if that's what you're looking for. I don't know if he gets a touchdown this week, and that's that's kind of what puts you over the edge. But I think it's a safe floor play. I think it's a safe 8 to 10 point play for a for streamer, and you'll take that. Uh, let's get into your last uh, – your the sit-ems here. I feel like this is second week in a row here for Antonio Gibson. Uh, yeah. Um, it was – wasn't supposed to be. Uh, I changed it. It, it did not save. Um, it was gonna be. It was gonna be Latavius Murray this week, um, and it wasn't based off of. I think that he is gonna have a terrible week, but I think that if you saw what he did last week and you think, oh man, Latavius Murray is gonna take something over. Um, I don't look too much into them saying that Melvin Gordon is gonna get the start this week because that hasn't necessarily meant twenty carries for anybody. It did, even when Javante was healthy, it still only meant you know fifteen carries a game. Um, so I don't think that really means anything. I just don't think that people should be rushing out because Latavius Murray got 12 carries last week and looked really, really good doing it. Um, I don't think that's the guy you should be rushing out to plug in your flex and think, man, he's going to, he's taken off again. He's going to take that job. I just don't think that's necessarily true. Yeah. There's a reason Latavius Murray's bounced around the league and been on practice squads after, you know, practice squads and teams. It's just cause you know, he's, he's a jag, just another guy. Yeah, no, I mean, that that's 100%. And, and I think that's kind of, He's going to be serviceable, and it's a dude where if Melvin Gordon goes out there and doesn't really look look great with his carries, getting that start don't necessarily mean that you're going to keep that job just you know from quarter to quarter. And so it'll be kind of interesting to see how that works out. But I just don't think anybody should look at last week and think that this is something that Murray's a dude you should definitely pick up, not necessarily plug in yet. Uh, Craig's uh, sit him here is uh, Michael Carter. Is that just you know Brees Hall looks like he's taken over that backfield completely. I mean Carter got some. Little work in, but it's Brees Hall's backfield. Like it's it's happened now. No, Carter's a, he's a touchdown vulture and son of a gun though right now. Um, so it's not necessarily uh, it's a sit him. Definitely don't drop him yet. Um, he's a guy that he's got RB one upside. If Brees Hall does get hurt, um, low end RB one, high end RB two upside. So you definitely want to keep him around. Um, but I don't mind the sit him here. Uh, Brees Hall he's looked more dynamic every game. Looks like they've been trying to get him the ball more creative ways every game. Um, and even, even last week, you know, coming off a win at Lambeau, like you said, a bunch of times, you know, 118 passing yards, they've definitely kept running the ball. Um, Carter's still going to get his, but it just looks like Brees Hall is more of a guy that you just, you got to get the ball in his hands more and more. And, and they're trying to do that. Uh, and I think that Craig's just letting, you know, keep him on your bench for now and kind of see if he's going to be just that cuff or if they're going to keep trying to use him. But you got to wait and see what happens with Brees Hall. If you got Michael Carter, I would try to sell him the Brees Hall owner right now because it's a guy that might take him and think, hey, let me get that whole backfield, and now I know I'm safe. I would have definitely made that trade with Landes before he dropped Michael Carter. 
I texted him right away and said, man, I got beast. I would have gave you things for Michael Carter just to make sure he didn't hit the free agent market. Now I got to fight for him. Uh, so if you got Michael Carter and you're giving up on him, try to trade him the Brees Hall owner. But besides that, just keep him on your bench and see what happens with him. Uh, who's your next, your next sit him here? Uh, DJ Moore. Yeah, man. I, I thought last week with, with the, the coach being fired, maybe there'd be a fire lit under the Panthers, but that was absolutely not what happened. Um, even with well, fire was lit. Robbie Anderson lit it and uh, <laughs> watched it, walked away as it exploded. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I just the Panthers aren't a team that look like the, that they can throw the ball or that they can score points. Um, you can't drop DJ Moore, but you can definitely sit DJ Moore uh, somehow, some way. Just like last week, they had him ranked. I want to say wide receiver twenty eight before the week. They got him ranked wide receiver 30, 32, I think, this week. And I was just like, how are you rate, rating this guy? It's a wide receiver three. That's a dude you have to start in your flex if you got a multiple flex league. And I just don't understand how you can put that designation on DJ Moore right now and feel good about it. Not with P.J. Walker. even. Not you with know anybody. I, mean? I don't care if yeah. it's him, Baker, Sam Darnold, yeah. Matt Rule, me, you, Craig. It doesn't matter who's throwing the ball right now. I'm not trusting any Panthers receiver to do nothing right now. If you're not McCaffrey, you can't play if you're a Panther in fantasy. Uh, Craig's here. I'm surprised with Chase Claypool. Is that he just uh, Chase Claypool had the huge his best game of the year. Welcome to the season. I called it on Sunday. Uh, he kind of expects Chase Claypool to go back to being Chase Claypool of uh, you know weeks uh, one through five. No, I mean it's who Chase Claypool was last year too. Whenever he had his breakout year, big game, nothing, nothing, big game, nothing, nothing, big game. And I think he's just kind of letting you know, almost like. With, with Michael Carter, with everybody. I mean, don't get caught up in uh, what happened last week. It ain't necessarily about last week. You know, Chase Claypool had a big week last week. You cannot think, oh, well, here we go. It's Chase Claypool season again. You got to manage expectations with that. If you're stuck in a spot, I know bye weeks are here, and you have to play Claypool, you don't hate it, but you got to understand that if you don't score, you could be looking at, at a four or five or six-point week out of him. That's gonna, it might hurt you in that flex. Uh, so if you got a better option, I definitely recommend taking it. Yeah, he did have nine catches, but I don't think he probably had nine catches combined all season before uh, last week. Um, you guys both had the same sit here at uh, tight end. Uh, you guys are down on my guy, TJ Hawkinson. Is it just because St. Brown is healthy uh, and back so that you guys expect a lot more targets to go back to him? Uh, no, not necessarily. I mean, it's definitely going to cut into it uh, with St. Brown coming back. My thing is tight ends. Cowboys defense. Cowboys. And it's, it's not just the Cowboys defense. You look, tight ends are averaging three to four catches a game, and they're averaging 35 uh, yards a game. As if you're looking for six out of your tight end, that's not a dude that you're rushing to start. That's a dude you're hoping maybe you can pick up a streamer and maybe play over him. Um, Hunter Henry's out there. If you're the TJ Hawkinson owner, I go pick up Hunter Henry, leave Hawk on the bench, get him back next week, and you get a good start out of Hunter Henry this week. Uh, Bob Tanyan out there too. Uh, Hawks just a guy that when you look at it, you got to manage expectations. Anytime a tight end's playing the Dallas defense, um, I hated to have have a double up there, um, but really it was it was just kind of the best option. Um, Bellinger was a guy I was looking at it as a must start as well. I think uh, Taysom Hill's a guy you can sit. Fryermuth is a guy I would question starting. Um, Andrews is the only tight end of the, in, of the year so far that's had a lot of luck against uh, against Miami. So I kind of manage expectations with him as well. 
Um, I'm looking for my boy Hayden Hurst to have a good week against Atlanta again this week. They got him tied in 10, man. I'd look for him to have another top five finish against Atlanta. Yeah, he's been a nice pickup uh, for the Bengals. I liked him. I tried to get him the same time you did because uh, he was just getting three, four, five catches. He's he's filled that TJ, uh, TJ was the Uzuma, Uzuma uh, role even Uzama. better, really. Uzama, yeah. I mean, he's filled it better than, uh, to me, than what he was doing. He's been he's that great outlet. He's a better blocker. You can leave him on the field better. Um, I picked him up whenever he was. He got five targets in a game, five or six targets in a game, and the announcer said, oh, we talked to – Talked to Joey in the production meeting this week, and he said, man, he really loves having Aiden Hurst here. He said he's one of his favorite guys. And I said, well, that's the dude I'm picking up then. Quarterback yeah. says he loves you. <laughs> You're a guy I can trust. Yeah. Yeah, it was like two weeks in a row he had like five targets uh, the first two weeks of the season. I was and like, Aiden Hurst I'm... is giving you 10 points on a week he doesn't score and 17 on a week he does. I mean, if you're not taking that out of a tight end, I mean, if you don't got Kelsey or Andrews, that's all you can hope to get. Yeah, yeah. I mean, him and uh, Najoku's been like that since he had his breakout. Najoku's been good, man. Yeah, he's he's been all right. But if you're getting, there's only a few guys you can get ten out of without a touchdown at tight end, and that's why everybody. That's that's why it's a position that you can punt late in the draft and then stream every week. Because I, hey, you get your if it ain't go ahead. If it ain't Kelsey, if it ain't Kelsey or Andrews, it's just a bunch of guys. No, I mean, hundred percent. You're just picking somebody and saying, "Boy, I hope you score this week." <laughs> I mean, I feel bad for the Kyle Pitts owners, folks. Uh, hey, that's been another great uh, K and K Fantasy Corner. No doubt. Hey, before we get out of here, do you got uh, anything else before we get out of here? No, I don't think so, man. Craig, we missed you, buddy. Yeah, Craig's uh, doing some family stuff uh, and uh, had to work tonight as well. So Wednesday, he uh, probably be a lot of misses or texting in and uh, in the comments. But uh, again, we miss you, Craig. We'll be back uh, Sunday night with our NFL Week Seven reaction show. Uh, also, Sunday, Saturday morning, seven a.m. Central Time Zone, we'll be kicking off uh, King, uh, our Head Kicks and Haymakers, our big UFC 280 preview show. Uh, I feel like that we've been waiting on that fight card for like three months now. My gosh! Uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm excited to for uh, break down all the fights that'll happen Saturday morning, and then Sunday morning. Our Sunday morning, we'll do the post show, and then Sunday night, we'll do our NFL Week 7 reaction show. So a lot to come here uh, on the uh, Bodkin Show. Again, make sure you guys are headed over to Let's Talk Sports, uh, hitting the nice subscribe button. Uh, my guys over at the Sports Buffoons uh, with Tanner and the boys uh, as well. Uh, again, Let's Talk Sports. I talked about it this morning. Uh, Dan and Scott, everything covered, every team, every person. It is a miniature ESPN constantly, uh, guys putting out stuff and every anything you wanted to hear about, uh, they got it covered at, L, at LTS. So uh, it's on Amazon and Roku channel. So just search for uh, Let's Talk Sports and you can find it all there. Uh, you can find our beautiful faces as well. So uh, be a friend, tell a friend, folks. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that share button. We appreciate y'all uh, tuning in for another great episode of the Bodkins Show. That's Kenny Miller. I'm Nick Bodkins. We appreciate it. Hit that outro, Kenny. Oh, oh, oh.